welcome, one and all, uh, to the first episode of Greedo Shot First. It's a podcast about Star Wars for fans whose childhoods were not raised by George Lucas. Exactly. I'm Benjamin Light. With me is Marco Sparks. We normally host the Time Travel Murder Mystery Podcast. You can listen to that if you'd like. Just Google it. Uh, anyway, Star Wars. Or find Wars. it in your iTunes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Star Wars. Excited. Yeah. On, you definitely get the feeling that, uh, there's probably ha- been a lot happening behind the scenes that they just haven't been talking about. Mm. Like, they already have a writer who's already written the treatment. Right. For, yeah, outline like three films. I suspect that it won't be long before they announce a director, but we'll see. You would hope so. I mean, they're they're supposedly officially in a pre-production cycle, but, you know, 2015, and it's got to be, like, Memorial Day weekend with 2015, right? I mean... Well, the... Actually, I keep seeing this, like, July. It's, like, July 15th or something like that getting tossed around. So I don't know if that's real or not. It's, like, if you go to the IMDb page, that's what it says. Uh, um, you and I, I mean, I don't think... If you have a brain, you agree with us. You think that Brad Bird is probably the most uh, worthwhile choice. The only other person who I don't think would be good to direct this, but I actually liked their comment was... I don't know why this even came up. The the guy who directed Safety Not Guaranteed, oh. um, who supposedly, according to this rumor, was in talks of Lucasfilm even before Safety Not Guaranteed, his first film, came out. Yeah, I don't know what to make of that. It sounds a little but far-fetched, but... In his quote where he, where he talks about it, he acknowledges the fact that, like, it it should, you know, be a Star Wars movie. Like, the person who makes this, you know, it's fine to put your own stamp and make it look modern, but, like, there's certain things that you need to carry over, you know, which is mm-hmm. what I, I don't think a lot of people think about when they throw out those dumbass ideas, like, have Tarantino. Yeah. Do a Star Wars movie. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it should be said in case this is your first time listening to us. Um, we have some strong opinions and, and we're not afraid to, uh, offer them and, and offer the idea that anyone who disagrees with them is wrong. Um, cause you are. Yeah. We are, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's like whenever you talk about Star Wars, it's like you have to offer your, like, credentials. Yeah. You should now. Yeah. Um, well, we were talking just the other day about like how Star Wars fans seem to have such terrible, terrible taste, and I think that's mostly just a factor of like there are a lot of Star Wars fans, and it yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that outside of Star Wars they have any particularly good taste in in entertainment. Otherwise, um, well, like you know, I I used to go on this whole rant about I'm sick and tired of hearing about like a, a nerd subculture when everyone has some kind of aspect of nerdiness, like what you would call nerdiness. I mean, the, you could you could break it down by whatever the thing they're into, but everyone has some kind of nerdy or guilty pleasure thing to them. And it used to be that on the playground, there was a couple other kids who liked Star Wars. You know what I mean? And and it was like this cool club you were all in. Mm-hmm. Now, like, I'm sorry, am I going to like throw a rock and not hit somebody that like loves Star Wars or likes Star Wars? Or is at least aware of Star Wars and the effect it's had on their lives? I don't, I don't fucking think so. And so many of them just have so many terrible ideas for what they think Star Wars should be. Like, 
like the Tarantino directing a Star Wars movie thing. Like people who actually like seriously think that that would be a good idea. It's like, what is wrong with you? Uh, I, I don't even know. To me, that's probably the worst suggestion I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, people who are enthusiastic about Michael Bay, like I, I just, I mean, I guess they just have really bad taste because they must think like the Transformers movies are good, but. And another thing too, if you're listening to this podcast and you've somehow not heard of time travel murder mystery, I would implore you to go back and listen to an episode we did called fittingly, fittingly enough, Boba Fett kind of sucks part two, which is a prequel to this where we actually rant <laughs> extensively <laughs> for a whole episode about star Wars. Um, and we talked about, I can't remember who the third one is, but we talked about dream directors for, for a new star Wars trilogy. I remember the first two, but I don't remember this. Oh, it was Gore Verbinski. Although I, I feel like uh, we could also sub in like Koran for that. Right. We had said Brad Bird should direct the first one. You should have David Fincher direct the second one. And you should bring in a, a Verbinski or a Koran to do the third one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a fangasm that you can go crazy about. Yeah. Well, I think one of the main reasons we wanted to do a whole separate podcast for this is because um, like our, our kind of formative years on the internet when we were cutting our teeth on the internet was when uh the prequels are in 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 the beginning of pre-production and that it's it's weird to think of how much uh, in a way like the star wars prequels were kind of intertwined with like the development of the internet especially the development of like uh like covering like entertainment and uh movie news and spoilers and all that um spoilers yes fucking spoilers it was like it was like such a thing back then god like the the like the way i use the internet when like Phantom Menace is coming out compared to now mm-hmm. is just astonishing. I mean, you might as well be talking about like living in a pioneer home. It's so fucking different. Yeah. Well, and obviously the studios are a lot better at managing this sort of thing, but yeah. Um, I think we just felt that we, we, we would be talking about Star Wars so often that it was going to creep into our other podcast far too much. So we figured we'd better yeah. make a separate podcast for it. Because uh, everything about it's fascinating, from the actual Star Wars to uh, kind of just internet culture uh, to fan culture. Like we can just talk and talk and talk forever about Star Wars because we both like Star Wars. So, but we're gonna try to keep it not as fucking nerdy as you would think. We're gonna try to have a level head. I mean, well, I wouldn't. You might. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, I, I unabashedly am a Star Wars nerd, but. I went and I listened to a few other just like uh, random samplings of other Star Wars podcasts out there. Mm-hmm. Like these fucking. That sounds awful. It was terrible. These fucking people like like week in, week out. It's like what new fandom thing have they bought? Like, like mm-hmm. what have they trolled on eBay and found? And they're buying those like $300 like collectible edition of some mm-hmm. like like Clone Wars book or this like mark 5 19 like 97 like lightsaber toy that they only made seven of because the button was wrong and they're just so excited i'm thinking like, what the fuck do these people do for a job where they can afford that yeah i mean do you want to i mean do you want to talk sounds... about our, our our bona fides a little bit i mean I, I i guess my bona fide i think we're both people who just like star wars and it's not even in like a highly critical fashion we're just like yay star wars um the prequels obviously if you're gonna if you're gonna sit down and put on your film critic hat there are some big problems with them mm-hmm. but it's star wars it's like kind of like i don't know i'm the kind of person that like i'm like yeah jar jar sucks i just try to ignore him you know i, I don't 
take it personal. I'm not bitter about Lucas or anything like that. Um, you just, it's like you, you pick out the parts you like and you let the rest kind of waft over you. And I guess, and you never forget that it's a kid's movie. Well, I guess it's because I've read so many of the absolutely terrible books that they put out for Star Wars. Maybe I'm just more used to it because, man, they put out some shit. And it's just kind of like you just read it and you're like, oh, this is terrible, but it's Star Wars. And you just keep going. You know, maybe there's some parts of it you like. Um, so maybe having that experience made the prequels to me is just like, hey, cool, we get to see this on screen again. And, yeah. you know, I'm not going to mind all the, the you know, the kid stuff or, you know, a character that's terrible or whatnot. Um, I suppose at some point during this podcast, we should probably, you know, go back and rewatch each movie and offer our thoughts. Um, yeah, and but, we, we're we're going to probably sample not just the movies. I mean, I don't know if we're going to... I've seen three episodes total, the Clone Wars show, and I enjoyed them, but I don't know if I'm going to hunt down all the episodes. I did see the Clone Wars, like, the initial movie. Yeah, I can't say um, hugely interesting. The movie's yeah. actually really bad. The yeah. show got a lot better, but that movie I thought was kind of terrible. Um, you've read a lot more of the, the books, the expanded universe books. I've mm-hmm. read maybe four or five total. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We're, I can just remember how many yeah. times I watched that terrible Ewoks battle for Endor movie because <laughs> it was on the Disney channel constantly. And yeah, it was, that was in an era when you couldn't, you couldn't just snap your fingers and, and watch the original trilogy. It was like. I don't know. It's like you had to like hope that like one of your friend's moms had like taped it on Betamax or something. So right, right. I don't know. It's I, I guess we're from a, a peculiar era of of uh, Star Wars fandom where we don't hold the original trilogy as like utterly sacred, like most people in their their late thirties, early forties seem to. Um, we just like Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars is amazing enough that obviously we can talk. We can do a whole podcast series about it, but. As much as we find religion to be a joke, it's not our Bible. You know what I mean? It's it's still a movie. It's still incredibly fun and entertaining, and that's what we take from it. I mm. mean, I enjoy I enjoy a good natured complaint or critical analysis of why Jar Jar stinks, or I can understand people who will complain about the midi chlorians as presented <laughs> uh, in the film, but. What I took from that is obviously much different than what a lot of people other have. I mean, other people they like they just shut down. Midi chlorians they shut down. Yeah, and they refuse to like take in anything else from that movie. Because I mean, as much as I kind of thought, huh? The first time I watched that out of the eleven times that I saw Phantom Menace in the theater, uh, forty five minutes later there was a guy with like a red face and yellow eyes and horns on his head. And he had a double edged like like red lightsaber, and I was completely forgot about midi chlorians. You know, for the rest of that evening. I, you know, on a, on a purely uh, aesthetic level, you have to kind of admire the creation of Jar Jar Binks just because I don't think it would be possible for George Lucas to have intentionally made a more, like, hateable character. It's kind of like yeah. an amazing construction of uh, of filmmaking. Like, I mean, maybe if he was, like, flamingly gay, that's the only extra detail I think you could add that would make people even more outraged. Um <laughs> There's a scene where Obi-Wan drops something and he bends over to pick it up and like Jar Jar just starts like masturbating right there. Yeah, I mean, in, in, a PG, more. in a PG movie, I'm not really sure you can go anywhere else with Jar Jar to make him more hateable than he is. It's, it's kind of incredible uh, what was accomplished there. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, speaking of um, midichlorians, you uh, mm-hmm. you have uh, insomnia every now and then, right? A little trouble sleeping. Yes, I do. Yes, um, I, do. I found a cure for you. What's that? It's called Darth Plagueis. It's uh, the some, book, the Star Wars <laughs> book. Man, it's it, like it goes into a lot of midichlorian shit. But I I picked that up at night because I was like, oh, I guess I should read this. Maybe maybe they'll be doing something with this for the new movies. Who knows? You know, right. like this might be some backstory that they call upon. I just I'm out like immediately like two paragraphs in. It's so boring. Nice. nice. Yeah. Plagueis is the one who he wasn't Palpatine's master. He was no, the one who like figured out the secrets of He's supposed to be Palpatine's master. I think that's okay. the way it's set up, yeah. Okay. I haven't gotten there yet because I'm not very far into it, but my god, it's boring. See, I mean, I I enjoy I mean, for what I've seen of the Clone Wars, I think they're handling exploring the little corners and answering the little questions that you that you don't really need answered i think they're handling that well for the show like things like palpatine's origins don't interest me as much you know because it is so clouded and it is so you know like you have no idea what could possibly be there so therefore everything that you could think of could be there and i think little things like that just don't interest me i'm not saying that they shouldn't be explored explored to me i think this is what's so potentially exciting about episode seven is the prequels and i've said this in other podcasts i don't think prequels are a great idea in general just that storytelling idea um because it's you're you're just filling in blanks um and we kind of it's like everybody knew what happened and we all had our own idea of how it was going to happen and, you know, inevitably we're just watching somebody else's version of the same basic story beats. Whereas yeah, in a yeah. sequel... All the mystery's it, gone. Yeah. The sequel, it's like, who knows what this is going to be about? Like, this could be about, like, old Luke being the, you know, the Obi-Wan type character passing the torch. It could be, like, a thousand years in the future. You know, I mean, who knows like, yeah. where the story's going to pick up or who the enemy is going to be or, or any of that. Like, which is... And I think... The Star Wars prequels, though, I think that's one of the rare examples of when a prequel is not necessarily necessary, but a good idea. When you know something bad happened and you're leading there, it makes the beats intriguing, but also tragic, I think. I think in little places where it fell down, but not in a way that I personally felt bad, but it's like when you have Obi-Wan talking about like the freaking Clone Wars and stuff like that. Like that's the kind of stuff that just your your imagination just goes wild, but you know finding the way that like Anakin Skywalker like f- you know his downfall and, and turn of the dark side that's exciting stuff to me. Um, He's such uh, a creeper. I was watching episode two the other day. <laughs> that romance. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll have to do like a you know an Attack yeah. of the Clones specific episode. But he's, he's so yeah, goddamn he's, creepy. <laughs> Yeah, he's almost he's almost rivaling uh, uh, Rob Pat as a bad boyfriend. Um, I that. think you can make the argument that he's worse. Um, yeah, he's got some really like uh, golden moments of leering at Natalie Portman. Well, he's just coming on all creepy and intense, yeah, and she's yeah. just like, "Hey, don't look at me that way." But let's go back to my like fireplace. I'm gonna wear like this like you know BS choker. This, yeah, this dominatrix outfit that I just happen to have laying around, mm-hmm. which is, if I remember correctly, that was one of the few times that like George Lucas stepped in and like personally like uh, designed an outfit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sending all kinds of mixed messages to poor Anakin there. What's he supposed to think? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I remember we uh, we actually saw we actually saw <laughs> or, uh, Attack of the Clones four times on its opening day. Wow. Yes, we did. Yeah, that was brutal. That was brutal, folks. I wouldn't recommend that in the future <laughs> to anyone. I think we get a uh, parking ticket for that too. I think so. Midnight showing was fine. It was perfect. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we went out to eat with our friend who, came, who joined us for this this quest, this adventure, and then we we were up for like the nine a.m. showing. Yeah, it was like Again, nine a.m. Again, not doing so bad. The noon showing or noonish showing, that was the rough one for me. Mm-hmm. That I think I might have fallen asleep for a couple minutes here and there. And then and then like the three or four o'clock showing, we were vibrant. I was back. I remember our buddy uh Hardcore Steve who's with us. He's like, We're not actually seeing it four times in a row, are we? And we're like, Yes, yes we are. <laughs> as you as you splay out the uh, twelve movie tickets that you've bought, mm-hmm. uh, I think we are. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess the one solid piece of news we have is that Michael Arndt is the, the official writer, and it, mm-hmm. it's it's hard because the like actual Lucasfilm isn't providing that much information, and just you know, in full on like nostalgia of Star Wars, you know, rumoring past, people are running wild with all kinds of like, you know, it's like they're saying that things happen that are not verified and massive yeah. grains of salt and everything you see reported. Um, well, so, the, the internet is currently loving tracking down famous directors or, or, or nerd-loved directors and, and asking them or throwing the microphone in their face, are you going to direct Star Wars? These people you know, may not have even had their coffee that day, let alone they're not anywhere near being worthy or being asked of Star Wars. And so everyone's getting like their two cents that they can throw in. Well, I mean, you've got your Zack Snyder's, your, your fucking Favreau's. Favreau is my worry. Favreau yeah. is my concern that Favreau will be the director. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Favreau, like even Matthew Vaughn, I'm not a fan of Matthew Vaughn. He, he always seems just kind of off in all the movies he does. Yeah. But maybe that would work in a Star Wars movie. I could still find like a silver lining there. Favreau, yeah. it just, in me, he's just dull. I, I feel like he got lucky with, uh, John, or not Johnny Depp, uh, Robert Downey Jr. in Iron Man. Well, and the first not, Iron Man. In the first Iron Man. And if not for that, like, like that movie's all Robert Downey Jr. Like I, yeah. I never, I didn't watch that movie and think like, man, Favreau, he's killing it, you know. Yeah, I mean the movie's actually in, in a lot of places dull. Um, Robert Downey Jr. was refreshing in a lot of his scenes, but I mean if you were to actually like pick apart and analyze the movie and it's from like a technical standpoint and it's like like director logistics, uh, no, it doesn't hold up. Even well, I think you just even, have to go look at uh, Cowboys and Aliens, just terrible. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, Favre already has a weird enough filmography from, from Swingers on to uh, the event or to Iron Man, but I don't think we need that Star Wars to it as well. Yeah. He also, it should be mentioned as uh, podcast listeners from our Time Trial Murder Mystery will remember, he did the Revolution pilot, <laughs> which yeah. I thought was pretty terrible. So uh, there's that as well. Um, but yeah. the. The way the the rumors are coming in Fast and Furious, like there's a thing with the Harrison Ford, where it's like, oh, Harrison Ford wouldn't be opposed to it if uh, these conditions were met, and you kind of get the feeling that the way that actually went down is somebody got a hold of Ford or his publicist, and they're like, so if you know this condition existed and this existed and this existed, would you be possibly open to the return, you know, of Star Wars? And he was probably just like, yeah, I don't know, maybe. You know, and so they're like, all right, well, there you go. You know, there's a story. Harrison well, I mean, Ford says he's open to returning. Hard and fast lesson on the internet. 
whenever you have a quote from somebody about something like this, like unless there's a video of it, yeah, because it's it. Did he come out and say, "Hey, I would be interested in doing this if these conditions apply," or did somebody or just ask true? him a question in such a way that did some writer just make this up? I mean, yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, you can make up anything about Star Wars news. And in this day and age, like, you know, uh, just over, what, like a week after this announcement that Disney's bought Star Wars and Episode 7 is coming, like, anything will be, like, reblogged and, like, like, mm-hmm. like thrown around the internet. I mean. It kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, the, uh, the Apple rumoring that goes yeah. on. And there's obviously tons of bullshit involved in that as well. But over the past few years, there's kind of, like, a a rule has come into play that, like, until you see, like, the leaked parts from China, don't believe it. You know, yeah. it's like, when you start seeing, like, somebody snuck out, like, the back of the, like, new iPhone case, then it's like, okay, that's probably happening. And I don't know what the equivalent is going to be for Star Wars other than, like, Lucasfilm confirms, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's like, until you until these certain conditions are met, it could be f- pure fiction. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it doesn't mean to say that you won't hear a rumor that will later be proven true, mm-hmm. but take everything with a grain of salt. And I think uh, Apple and Star Wars uh, analogies are apt. Because um, you always hear about people comparing the stylistic aesthetic and, and business practices of Apple to like Disney, especially the mm-hmm. parks. Uh, I think the same could be said for Star Wars. I mean, there's... There are some flaws. There's a lot of things done right. A lot of things work nicely in, in tangent and in concert. And there's a lot of people who dogpile on and try to get their own thing in there too. Um, I mean, I wouldn't well, even want to take on the job of being one of the editors of like the books. That sounds ghastly. Oh, the, the, yeah. I mean, they have. Uh, I think it's like Shelley Shapiro is one of them. They have like a a team that's involved in that. Like Delray. Uh, well, the there's Lucas Books. But I'm not sure if that's an actual like publishing arm or what exactly they do. Um, right. But originally, Bantam, as uh, a publishing house, had the rights right. to the Star Wars books. And then sometime in the late 90s, Delray got the rights instead. And under Bantam, it was very loose. You got the feeling that there was no team deciding what, you know, what continuity wise or planning long term right. or anything like that. Under Delray, they they would plan these like massive, you know, arcs where everyone is more kind of on the same page at least, you know. Yeah, yeah. Didn't uh, Random House just get um, mm, bought no. by somebody? Yeah, well, the publishing industry is like merging right now. Uh, I think it's like the Penguin. big six is changing to something else now, like, isn't it? Penguin and Random House may have merged, but I think mm. somebody else got bought, or I don't know. Like uh, some weird stuff's happening with that in general. So the uh, one of the other Star Wars podcasts I was listening to, they were they were really freaking out because I guess they read them because they 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 disseminate everything that has a Star Wars brand on it. They were really freaking out that like the that there would be another Marvel Star Wars comic series and that Dark Horse would lose their their license, which it probably will eventually. Yeah, um, I always like kind of wanted to go back and, and read if I could find it in good condition or cheap a collection of like the old Marvel Star Wars comics back oh, when sure they're terrible it was, like back when they had no clue what the fuck else had happened after New Hope ended and they're just making up these like wacky sci-fi stories mm-hmm. that will later be proven wrong like maybe four well, issues later let alone with like Empire Strikes Back what's kind totally, of like Splinter of the Eyes Mind yeah. yeah well what's totally bizarre is that like the uh, 
the expanded universe novels have like gone back and like mined some of that for story oh, yeah. ideas. Like there is a character called Lumia who is like a like an evil woman who Luke is in love with. Um, who had a light whip. It was like a lightsaber, but it was a whip. You know? Huh. They and they brought her back into the uh expanded universe novels, you know, like forty years later or whatever. Wow. Um, wow. So there's plenty plenty of bad ideas to be mined in those books. <laughs> but I think that as far as the rumoring goes, there was a rumor about Michael Arndt having written the treatment and being up for the writer role that came out, and that rumor also mentioned that Spielberg uh JJ Abrams and Brad Bird were like being targeted as potential directors. Right. And because part of that rumor became true, it stands to reason that the other half is probably true as well. And Spielberg oh. has all, all, already also said no, which everybody expected. JJ Abrams has not exactly said no. It sounded pretty close to a no. It was close uh, to a no. The but... one person who hasn't said anything is Brad Bird. Yeah. Which so, gives me hope. Well, there's another person who's who's seemingly volunteered is everything they could is John Favreau, who's to me been the most enthusiastic person to to weigh in on a Star Wars thing. I well, mean, to me, the the interesting two names, cause the names that I've seen bandied about the most, are Brad Bird and Matthew Vaughn. And as far as I can tell, neither of them has said anything about it at all, which right. to me makes it seem like they're bigger possibilities than somebody like Favreau. He's like shooting his mouth off. Well, see, Matthew Vaughn, who left his his Days of the Future Past X Men First Class sequel, um, was the, the assumption was that he was leaving that vaguely Mark Millar Empire, Empire um, ah, excuse me Enterprise to go do another Mark Millar comic book adaptation movie. Now people are speculating that that's going to be put on hold, and he's actually leaving it to open up the schedule for Star Wars. Mm -hmm. God, let's hope not. Um, Brad Bird, who has some kind of top secret thing that may or may not involve Tesla and Damon Lindelof and George Clooney. Uh, it's not a franchise thing. It can wait. It yeah. can wait for an episode seven. Yeah. I mean, I, you get the feeling that if, if episode seven is on the table, either of these directors would, uh, they do whatever they needed to do, like put off a project, maybe just produce it instead, have somebody else direct, you know? Yeah. And I, I feel like it's telling that they're so silent because, like, if if this were you and this was a possibility, you'd keep your mouth shut. You wouldn't exactly. want to say anything at all, you know. Exactly. You don't want to take any kind of chance. You're going to piss off your new handlers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Oh, Brad Bird. I mean, Brad Bird would be excellent. I mean, never mind just all the Pixar stuff, but just go back and watch Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. It's a fun movie. And I'm not going to, I don't think we need to wax on about, about all the things that are great in Star Wars. Ask about it because we did that in our, our episode on Time Travel Murder Mystery. But he can handle live action. He can handle, you know, very human failing characters. And he knows how to add a visual spice mm -hmm. to a film. I mean, he can handle a lot of elements all over the place and, and handle them capably, which I don't think someone like Favreau could do. No. Um, no, I don't think he could. But I get the feeling that, like, within a few weeks, we're probably going to know the director. That's how it kind of feels right now, that this is moving quickly. Yeah. I mean, you would think they'd have to. I mean, do you think pre-production would have to get rolling pretty damn quickly? Yeah. And I think what's, what's exciting about it, too, is that 
you anything could happen. I mean, I know a lot of people are freaking out on the internet about all their various like loved expanded universe things. Um, mm-hmm. He's talking about like 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 uh, Leia and Han Solo's kids and and Luke's kids and all this stuff. And you know what, folks, they may not be in the movie. <laughs> like like Leia may have only had a child or no children at all in an episode seven. You know, it, anything could literally happen. The expanded universe could be thrown away. I kind of get the feeling that the expanded universe may end up being treated the way the Marvel uh, movies of like Avengers, Iron Man, etc. treat the like comic book continuity line, which is basically yeah. like they look for ideas that are interesting and, and pluck them out. Yeah, but they're not necessarily married to any of the surrounding continuity. Like none, none of the. I mean, whenever you have a film property, like the books are not the holy scripture. Like. Mm-hmm. Well, similar to what uh, Nolan was doing with the Dark Knight trilogy, where it'd be like, hey, like, you know, this storyline has some interesting elements. We're going to weave that into the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight Rises. But it's not like they went and like, all right, we're adapting this graphic novel, you know? Right, right, right. And so I I sense it's going to be that way. Um, It has been fascinating reading people online just panicking over the, it's like, it's like the their universe is about to implode their expanded universe you know it could just all be rendered you know everyone has a thing that they like yeah and they want that to be the thing that makes it you know well it just seems like it would be really hard to make a movie that's like let's say it's like you know 50 years after uh you know uh return of the jedi and it's Mm -hmm. like if you go that far forward they really haven't done any novels for that section yet but it's how would you explain like, oh yeah, this is like this is Luke's kid, but his mom died. Uh, he was killed by Luke's nephew who went to the dark side. Like, that's just even that yeah. little bit is way too much weird backstory to introduce, especially to be told and not seen. I mean, mm-hmm. oh here's like, uh here's Han and Leia's kid. Uh, yeah. she used to have two brothers, but they're both dead. She killed one of them because he went to the dark side. Like, that's way too much backstory to, to dump on an audience immediately you know it's not it's not just you know something 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 clone wars something 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 a more elegant weapon for mm-hmm. uh whatever time like yeah it's it's way too much yeah it's like oh yeah there's this alien race who invaded the galaxy and enslaved you know half of it and permanently terraformed a bunch of worlds and there was a huge war and that's how my brother died was in that war you're just like what and and for episode seven too, you really don't even need Harrison Ford. I mean, you need, I don't would think potentially either. Need any of them. <laughs> yeah, you, well, I think you would need either a Mark Hamill or a Carrie Fisher, at least one. But, but you could do a movie not. that's like a thousand years in the future, and it's like yeah. there's a cameo of Luke in like a like a hologram or something like that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's certain things that I would like to see. Like, I would like the subtitle to be referring to a singular person in a, in a dorky fashion hmm. like maybe this person is a new hope maybe they are a phantom menace you know there are certain conventions that i would like them to repeat but with with still doing modern things like pushing it forward um i mean a lot of people complain about it but i didn't really want to see the prequels look like they were made in the 70s you know or yeah or I wanted little things like Anakin's hair in the third episode to look somewhat 70s-esque, but not – I didn't want everyone to have bad feathered hair and bangs <laughs> and what have you. Yeah. 
Well, I think art direction wise, most people would like to see like a, a more industrial look. Like that is one thing I noticed, like costuming wise, like the the kind of like jumpsuits that they were wearing, uh, or like yeah. like coveralls and whatnot. It's kind of it's I think it's just a more relatable look to uh, actual viewing audiences than like robes and stuff like that. Yeah. Like that look of like Luke wearing his like Bespin jumpsuit with like a, a lightsaber and a blaster. Like that's just yeah. a better look than like some of the ridiculous outfits you see in the prequels. Um, it's I think it's just more relatable to the audience. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and you know times are good in the prequels, so things are a little mm-hmm. more flamboyant. In the original trilogy, things are a little little sadder. Well, it's like if reserved. you were to go look at the outfits that were being worn in like you know Baroque era. Uh, France and England. Those are pretty ridiculous as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the Renaissance attire, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but you know like 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 take some stuff from from Star Wars as wacky pulp origins. Would it feel at home in like a Flash Gordon universe? Sure, do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the one piece of news we do have that's real is that, you know, 2015 and Michael Arndt uh, writer, uh, one of the writers of Toy Story 3, he also wrote Little Miss Sunshine. He apparently did a pass on, like, the next Hunger Games movie, uh, Catching Fire. Which I'm sure it needed. <laughs> yeah. Although, I mean, I don't know how much, like, whenever that comes out, we'd be able to draw from that. Because I, I don't think he was the only writer involved, and I think he actually passed it off to somebody else, presumably to do Star Wars. So, yeah, it's you know that that may not be a huge indicator of what we can expect from a star wars well film. you figure the hunger games it's like budding franchise probably had several you know uh, script doctors coming to a pass mm-hmm. um uh you know i haven't seen toy story 3 uh all of the middle-aged podcasters i listen to seem to love it but a little too much yeah he also uh, wrote that Oblivion movie starring Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. um, and that directed by that Kaczynski guy. That's one of those people you don't hear a lot um, being mentioned, but you do occasionally hear being mentioned as a possible Episode Seven director. The only thing that's ever interested me about the Oblivion movie prior to Michael Arndt being hired for to write Episode Three is that the music is done by M83, which I think <laughs> would be interesting. Interesting, <laughs> just the outro. Yeah. Every scene. I have seen Little Miss Sunshine, which is a a fine movie. I, I have some small issues with the ending of that movie. I don't know. Have you yeah. ever seen it? I have. I mean it's not something I can really I mean it's a it's a it's you know, it's a good movie for what it is. Um the Ferris and Dayton, I mean they're they're a good directing combination. I wouldn't mind I wouldn't want to see them direct Star Wars, but I wouldn't mind their names getting thrown into the the hat. Well I liked a lot they, of the movie. I I think my main kind of, I don't know if it's an issue, but just like kind of minor annoyance with Little Miss Sunshine is that it was just like the bravery level of, of taking on, uh, you know, child beauty pageants is like, wow, you're really, uh, you're really going after the, the hard, uh, you know, hard America ex- there. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's a pretty low hanging fruit to, to take, take on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like the ending was just kind of like, uh, in your face, beauty pageants, you know, which, Part of me is just like, yeah, okay, like we get it. How brave yeah. of you! But I, <laughs> I, I did mean, like a lot of other elements. I like Paul Dano's character. I like uh, Steve Carroll's character. Other than the ending, I, I think 
the film has a good sense of story and it has, you know, it has a good sense of character and what have you. And I mean, I, I think that's really the only thing you can take in a comparison level if you're just going to speculate on episode seven because it's beauty pageants. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like Star Wars is not going to ever be like anything else that you're, uh, that you're working on. So I, uh, I chatted you a link to this, uh, forum post on the Forcenet where it's, uh, like, like what young female actor should be, uh, in the new Star Wars movie. It's a lot of like pictures of like starlets with like lightsabers photoshopped into their hands. Yeah, pretty, this is ridiculous. Pretty hilarious. It was, I, I think that's, uh, what's her face? Um, Summer Glau. That's River, right? Yeah, Summer Glau. Yeah. Uh, I was like, this person, Emma they not Watson. only took a picture from like that Terminator show and put like two lightsabers in her hands, they like did like a whole freaking poster thing. Destiny wow, of Time is a pretty bad, bad title for a movie. Destiny of Time. Um, they've got like, uh, this really goofy looking shot of Chloe Moretz where they've <laughs> photoshopped the lightsaber into her hands. <laughs> She's making like this like kissy duck face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they didn't bother to do that with Dakota Fanning. I think it's interesting. They've photoshopped red hair onto uh, Summer Glau in this one shot. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And she's got the the full on terrible like like starlet pose where like somehow her like her, her ass, ass her boobs yeah. and her face are all facing you at the same time. Uh huh. Classic pose. Yeah. There's not enough of of wow. There's Summer Glau kissing a Firefly class ship. There's not enough of uh, photoshopping lightsabers into Starlet's hands though. I want to see a whole thread of just be a, a whole new uh, like Tumblr, you know? Yeah, exactly. Huh. Oh, shit for Lawrence. Nice. Ooh, Olivia <laughs> Wilde. Yeah, you can just click. But then stuff you can't even begin to talk about casting. I mean, because well, who knows no who the, what they're doing. the roles yeah. are going to be? Yeah. Oh my God! Somebody's recommending Tracy Spirit Akos. <laughs> That's horrible. Oh no! This is, this God, is what I mean about Star Wars fans. Terrible taste. Uh. How could you possibly recommend her? Like the names he's thrown out as director. Oh, and, and like P.S. Um, like Tarantino, like coming out and like talking shit about Star Wars and how he, he's too good for it or whatever. It's like yeah. fuck off. That's why we wouldn't want you anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, is is his like fucking like brand loyalty to the Weinstein's is mm-hmm. horrendous. There, it was the fucking what did he say the the Simon West version of Star Wars? Yeah. Whatever. Tarantino would make a terrible, terrible Star Wars movie. I'm glad he's not involved. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Now I've just gotten us clicking away on these pictures. Natalie Dormer. She's trained in fencing. I love the, the one thing I love about Star Wars rumors is the, the crazy, like, uh, supporting evidence people use. To like yeah. suggest that something could be a possibility or that it'd be a good idea. Like Natalie Dormer, she's trained in fencing. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay then. <laughs> like they're really hurting for yeah. finding like the time to train these actors. Well, I'm like like Star Wars lightsaber fights in any way represent fencing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I I think as an actor, I would like to have as little possible like knowledge about fencing or sword fighting. Because, I mean, how fun would, like, lightsaber boot camp be? Mm. 
Like, just if you don't believe me, go back and watch the prequels, like the uh, special features, like little things with like Ewan McGregor and Liam Neeson, like learning how to use their lightsabers. These guys are having the fucking time of their lives. Yeah, I really would like to see a return of Admiral Ackbar. They probably won't, but that's those goofy fish guys. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you put Admiral Ackbar in there? First of all. You could figure out the voice issue. I don't know if the actor who voiced him is still around or what have you, but or at least like, some uh, some more Calmarians, you know. Yeah. Oh, like Adam Rackmark could have like a whole ship of Calmarians just like chilling with him. Yeah. I mean, all your favorite aliens. Uh, who knows what the fucking plot is, but Ooh, Anna Kendrick. <laughs> uh, well, I, I love that this. This thread is like, oh, what actress should play the young female Skywalker? But it's we all know what this is. This is just an excuse to like go find the pictures of your favorite hot starlet and talk about them. Yeah. And then yeah. come up with a, an excuse for why they'd be good in the Star Wars movie. The one guy's supporting evidence for why Bernice Marlowe would be a good choice is that she looked good in Skyfall. No. Well, there you go. That's that's all you need. That's all you need right there. We Another one of our bona fides from our other podcasts that we're going to keep pimping out is that... Uh, Boba Fett kind of sucks part two. We talked about it. Uh, a few episodes before that, we did an episode called Prince Luke, which you brilliantly <laughs> came up with the idea for just remaking Star Wars, starting from the very beginning of episode yeah. four. A gender swapped bisexual Star Wars. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. With uh, uh, Idris Elba as Han Solo. You know, I still think if they could find a way to work Idris Elba into a new movie, no matter his character, maybe he's playing Grando Calrissian. Um, yes. I think it works. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like he was really one of the only things I liked about uh, Prometheus for sure. Yeah, well, he had like a nothing part too. Yeah, yeah he, he had still, an accordion. He still stood out. But yeah, that episode is called Prince Luke. If you want to look it up in Time Travel Murder Mystery, I think that kind of gives you an idea where we're coming from with Prince Luke. Uh, I mean, I guess it would be neat for there to be like a Jaina Solo character. I just don't see how it would be possible to have it be the same character from the novels because the backstory is just too it's too much too heavy. It's too much weighting yeah. it down. And the, like I would hate I could imagine like trying to write a script. I would hate to be tied into all that as a writer. Um, yeah. To it's, it's like oh how do I you know like this character is going to have all these motivations based on you know traumatic events in her past. How do I possibly communicate that or or work within that framework, that'd be pretty annoying. I'd, I'd definitely want to be able to, to write what I wanted. Well, I, I mean, suspect that's what they'll do. It's one thing for a screenwriter to go back and watch the six Star Wars movies. It's another thing for the screenwriter to watch those six movies, have to watch a TV show, and then have to have like a fucking truck of like 150 expanded universe like novels and comic books dropped off at your door. Mm-hmm. You don't have the time and the day to, to catch up on all that fucking research. Um... <laughs> I mean, like, from the Throne trilogy, the things that I really enjoyed were uh, Throne, a little bit of the mystery of what the bad guys were up to, and Mara Jade. And not so much Mara Jade herself, the character, which I had no problems with, but, like, w- the fact that she was, like, a brainwashed servant of Palpatine who was out to kill Luke. And you knew that they were going to have some kind of romance or something, and she had to get through all that. But it was it was, it was some classic pulpy adventure stuff well i I think the stuff that timothy zan did well is he he kind of filled in a lot of the hand wave stuff from the movies like he he offered up an idea of an empire in a a new republic 
that our heroes could operate inside of, but was but but was believable enough. You know, like he he had like some minor like political stuff here and there, but just enough yeah. to kind of you know as a a reason to put our heroes in a you know one sort of situation or another. It it wasn't like full on like let's talk politics, but it was it was like in a rubric that was believable, passable. You could say okay. You know, I can see how, like, they wouldn't always have permission to do whatever they wanted. Well, it was just, like, simple explanations for, you know, the back of your mind. One of your questions you're you're wondering about, you may have not noticed, is that, like, there's not a lot of non-humanoid aliens <laughs> in, in the Empire or whatever. And so, how does Zong get around that? Oh, Palpatine was a racist. Yeah, he was a xenophobe. <laughs> Although, uh, Darth Plagueis is, uh, he's not human should point that out i've, I've managed well, to it was that it much. was he was against he was against non-humanoid hmm. species well, no no in the, the in in the book it was he's against non-humans oh, uh, okay yeah huh. but if you're curious that uh, darth plagius he was a mun uh, the race of the international banking clan if you remember that minor character from uh, attack the clones i uh well i mean here's another issue about bona fides while i was waiting for you to wake up i uh has was Googling various things, like, for example, um, Baron Papanoida. And, uh, I ended up on some kind of like, like quiz for like, how well versed are you in, in like minor Star Wars characters from the films? No. And so I took this like, uh, 50 question quiz, like, you know, who was this so and so figure? And you had like four choices in the picture of the character for, or four choices for their names. And I got like a 71% on this quiz. Oh, fail, and, fail. But I'm okay with that. Mm. <laughs> I feel like I would crush this quiz when I took it. You probably would. I mean, I'm okay yeah. with like only being able to, uh, uh, you know, guess like uh, uh, Bib Fortuna and things like mm-hmm. that. This is kind of sad. Somebody's like, oh, I think Summer Glau might be a, a little bit too big of a name for a Star Wars movie. Wow. <laughs> it's like maybe in your small corner of like the sci fi nerd internet, she's a big name, but in Hollywood, not so much. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. She's not doing a movie with Rob Pat, folks. She's uh, she's got room to expand. There's a, a sick and perverse part of me that would love to see Rob Pat get uh, casted as a Jedi or something, just just to see Star Wars fans break, like their hearts break completely, you know? Yeah. Interesting enough, though, like uh, Baron Papanoida. This is one of those things where where they they explore all these ridiculous things in that Clone Wars show. Apparently, there's a whole like story arc featuring Baron Papanoida and his family. But unfortunately, George Lucas didn't mm. uh, didn't show up to voice the character. <laughs> I just want uh, Robert Pattinson to be cast as like I don't know, like you know, the young Skywalker, and then Lucas to like appear in a video and just say, "Only now, at the end, do you understand?" <laughs> I don't know why I get such a perverse joy in, in Star Wars fans getting mad, but. I don't know. It's, it's like they're, they're tears. They they feed me. Yeah. Or like Kristen Stewart is uh, as uh, Luke's daughter. Yeah. What were people thinking that? But yeah, all we know at this point is uh, that Michael Arndt is writing. I guess I should go watch uh, Toy Story. I don't know. Toy Story three? Is it just Toy Story three? Toy Story three. Yeah. I've seen the first two. I haven't seen the third one. I've only seen the first one. Uh, somebody actually re- recommended one of Judd Apatow's kids. That's disgusting. Yeah. 
That's not cool. I like how they're voting. Like, oh, my vote goes to Olivia Wilde. Like, for what? You have no idea who this character is. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the force on that on their homepage, they have their their poll for people to vote on the director like they like to see do episode seven. Mm-hmm. And the top is like Spielberg, and then it's Peter Jackson, James Cameron, J.J. Abrams. Michael Bay, Tim Burton, Clint Eastwood, yeah, Clint Eastwood. Kyle like, Newman, Brad Bird, and John Sweden. You see a lot of, uh, I'm seeing a lot of Ben Affleck getting tossed around. It's like, yeah, yeah. I saw what that are they all going to have Boston accents? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, Argo wasn't a bad movie, but it wasn't a particularly like great movie. Like, oh, I think it? if Argo gets any kind of, uh, like Oscar attention this year, it's because maybe there wasn't a whole lot else to offer. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, now they have the potential for 10 Best Picture nominees. That's kind of hard to come up with. I don't know. I've seen his other two movies, Affleck, uh, fool me once, you know. Like, yeah. they're not bad, but they just never seem to be as good as people want them to be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I wouldn't be surprised if by this time next week when we're podcasting we have a director. But we'll see. You think that quickly, huh? I do. Well, I mean, you know, it makes sense because the screenwriter kind of has to work with their director. I suspect that they already have one, actually. But that like contracts are being ironed out or it's like it's something like where they're figuring out what they're going to do with like, you know, that 1952 movie or or what they're going to do with Matthew Vaughn's movie or something like that. They're just kind of getting the right. the ducks in a row but i suspect we'll know pretty soon yeah i mean i'm, I'm kind of surprised that who, and who knows where they they really are i mean who knows if like michael arndt's like you know sat down at his typewriter yet or what have you or his, his laptop but i'm kind of surprised that they're not a little more advanced at this point when they have announced it because again i mean like the post-production on this movie is going to be a bitch well, they are probably a little better at it. Um, I mean, thankfully, they, Lucasfilm is still, you know, like ILM is still the greatest effects house in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the turnaround time on the the Avengers wasn't that long, if I recall. So I, I do think they're a lot better. Although this is a Star Wars movie, so it's it's not it's like it's not just like the creatures within the shot that they'll need to do. It's going to be like everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like the background. Well, they don't. The they landscape. don't half-ass it like Weta does. Yeah. I mean, if you if you if you had some kind of ridiculous new like Beyond Blu-ray technology where you could pick some some small aspect like a sci-fi Coruscant cityscape and zoom in, I imagine you could see quite a bit happening, like the various little apartment windows and what have you. Mm-hmm. I mean, like ILM would put that kind of attention in where it called for. I think. Speaking um, of uh, bad effects work, did you see that World War Z trailer? I was definitely going to want to talk about this in Time Travel Murder okay. It um, like, you never quite get like like what exactly is supposed to be Brad Pitt's profession. Is he as like a military man? Is he a secret agent? Like, you keep getting a lot of like, we need you for this, and then like, what does he do? Like, he you seem like a family man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're mm-hmm. not like the the Marines are like Brad. We need you back. Like, zombies are attacking. It just I don't know everything about. 
that trailer to me comes off as disjointed as I understand the production was. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about that in, in Time yeah. for All Murder Mystery. Um, but just the effects work looked poor to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, everything looked poor, yeah. <sighs> yeah, Star Wars, we're excited. Yeah. Oh, it, it should be mentioned in case anyone's curious about the title of this. Greedo shot first. Um, we don't actually think Greedo should shoot first, but it's just kind of a, a joke and a little middle finger to Star Wars fans who are a little too concerned with that. Like, you know, in my version of Star Wars, Han shoots first, and yeah. if that's not what you currently see when you go get a Star Wars movie, then whatever. You know, um, yeah. man, uh, when the snooze was first announced, it was just like this avalanche of like middle-aged Star Wars fans offering up the just the most like joyless uh, thoughts on the announcement. It's like all they could do was complain about Lucas some more and hope that they got their original trilogy unedited. That's it's like the only thing that the older Star Wars fans were interested in at all. It's kind of sad. Well, it's like you're 45 years old. And you're unhappily married, and your kids are not only ugly, but they're also stupid. And it's like all you really have to carry around for each day is that one beautiful girl he lost your virginity to. And then it's like you see a picture from her from back then, and you realize that she is actually much uglier than you remembered. You know what I mean? Like that's that's like the terrible analogy that I think these people are carrying around with them. Like, like don't don't take away my like stupid bastardized like memory of of Star Wars, even if you are going to make it better. <laughs> hmm. Or don't yeah. don't 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 deserve the right as as a filmmaker to be able to go back to your own work and. It's been really it. hilarious to read the uh, various internet forums on this, where the fans are gener they they genuinely believe that like they should be consulted. It's like they need yeah. to Lucas they they need to listen to films on this one or the the fans on this one. Uh, it's yeah. like no, they don't. Like. And and Star Wars fans. As much as they might love Star Wars, they love to hate on it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> well, like every the new Star- Sith character could like 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 cut off Luke's head in the first five minutes of this new movie, and people will still show up for that shit. You know, well, it's like every Star Wars fan they have their own kind of like personal version of a Star Wars movie playing in their head, mm-hmm. and it's like anything that doesn't gel with that, they're just going to attack. Yeah. Yeah. And they seem I mean, to be and, easily swayed by like stuff that you would think is like just pandering. Like characters like Boba Fett and Darth Maul. There really isn't a character there at all. It's just no. like pure fan service. And they're yeah. totally okay with that. I'm much more intrigued by uh, Jango Fett than I am by Boba Fett. But but all those things you just mentioned, we're guilty of too. The difference is that for the six previous movies, I haven't been upset. Haven't felt hurt. Haven't felt fisted, you know, <laughs> by Lucasfilm or what Your have childhood, you. Childhood, yes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like you said, I find it admirably amusing to like just witness Jar Jar now. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of am upset that Lucas kind of, kind of kowtowed to. Yeah, he backed the, off like, seriously. Because I mean, my understanding is he was supposed to be a much bigger part of the second two movies and the prequels, and I. I want to see that. <laughs> well, people think Lucas doesn't listen to fans. Like, episode two is just this massive, like, reaction to the backlash yeah. against episode one. It's like, oh, all right, all right, no Jar Jar, and I'm going to give you Boba Fett, you know? Like, you guys like Boba Fett, right? Like, chill the fuck out. But he also, I think, 
responded to to criticisms that people weren't making nearly enough that 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 were needed like um one of the things that was really missing for episode one for me was that you needed that hand solo type character you needed the guy who could wisecrack and and have charisma and kind of like talk and wink his way through the movie and obi-wan became that character in episode two wonderfully so because you had Ewan McGregor, like you know, Ewan McGregor was fine in Episode One, but now this is Ewan McGregor. Let's let him let's let him put on a beard and do some things, you know, in Episode Two, and he did. Uh, yeah, Star Wars. We're excited. Yeah. So um, I think we'll eventually focus on like specific topics for each episode. This one is just kind of a free for all, but um, I don't know. We'll. If there's news, we'll be talking about the news. If not, we may pick a topic like a certain movie or a book or, or just a general idea where we maybe delve into why Star Wars fans are just so terrible. Um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, hope you enjoyed it. And we may be we may be calling out specific things that we see in the media or on the internet, you know, by name, um, because some some people not only are worthy of scorn, they're worthy of being called out for why. They're terrible. Did you read the Harry Knoll thing? Where he actually suggests that Lucasfilm was talking to him about co-financing Star Wars movies? <sighs> no. It's, Fucking it's Harry, like, what? Harry's always lying about something in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, he's like, so full of shit. When like top secret like like Lucasfilm executives who might have also been men in black, like met him after his book signing to show him like a top secret like <laughs> cut of uh, episode two up in his up in his suite. Like like a week before the movie's gonna come out in theaters. Yeah, that that reminds me. Um, I haven't listened to it, but on uh, one of the the extra podcasts on like Damn Benjamin's Five by Five Network, it's something called Screen Time. It's some guy talking about movies. Um, I don't know who it is, but he has a uh, McWeenie on. And it's oh his, his latest podcast where they talk about Star Wars. That I I'm not sure if I could handle that. My brain might explode listening to those morons, but um. That's out Drew there. McQueenie. Yeah. Drew McQueenie. It's, and he talks once more about how he was banned from the ranch for like leaking spoilers. And you know, I love that he, he takes that so personally. <laughs> McQueenie was better off just going by Moriarty. He really was. Yeah. Anyway, um, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. We are going to try to keep these at about an hour in length. Um, yeah. But we hope you enjoyed it. And uh, join us next time for more uh, nerdery. Yeah. May the force be with you. Always.